Welcome back to episode 122 of the Draft FC podcast. Welcome back to the Draft FC podcast, podcast dedicated to all things Draft FPL. My name is Mitch and I'm your host for another Game Week preview, going over waiver options, hidden gems and general Premier League chat ahead of Game Week 35. Game Week 34 is just going to carry on forever in the background, but we still need to look ahead to Game Week 35 as we enter the final swings of the 22-23 season. There's still a lot to play for at the top and bottom of the Premier League, which means most games have something riding on them still, though that doesn't make them any easier to predict, especially down at the bottom. It's now coming down to the final scrap for positions in most leagues, and for those on other platforms, not the official FPL game, I know that those at the top of the table will also be looking ahead to playoffs, depending on how your leagues are set up. Remember, if you are a sure thing to get into the playoffs, start planning for those all-important knockout games now. So I'm recording this episode on Thursday the 4th of May, so any team news, injury developments or press conference info are up to date as of then, and of course subject to change. Some of the players I'll be discussing in this episode include Morgan Gibbs-White, Christian Eriksen, Mitrovic and many more so let's get into it. So let's kick things off with waiver watch and see who were the main ins and outs across the draft universe last week. The main players brought in were Lindelof, Paqueta, Wan-Bissaka, Joel Matip and Enkizio. Smaller leagues brought in the likes of Joe Linton, Steele, Akanji and Dalot too. The main players making way in most leagues were Reese James, Mason Mount, Jalen Ramsey, Jordan Ayew and Michael Elise. Fixture time, obviously not many fixtures left now so you can um, pretty much plan till the end if you want to. Kicking things off with Brighton, they lead the way just through sheer quantity of minutes left to play. Double game week in 36 and 37 means a lot of opportunities to score. We did see some rotation this weekend, but that didn't stop them putting six past Wolves. Not the easiest run, but you still fancy them to score nearly every match they play at the moment. Next is Newcastle, who continue to impress, and another team with a double game week in 36. And a much nicer proposition when you factor in that they've got a trip to Ellen Road still to come. On paper, I can see Newcastle getting at least a draw in all their remaining games. Don't be put off their game against Arsenal in 35, similar to last year, which was played at more or less the same point in the season. This could be the fixture that puts Arsenal's title aspirations fully to bed. It was a memorable game last April, um, as Arsenal were gunning for the top four at the time and then completely capitulated in a dominant performance by the Geordies. With nothing left to look forward to in the Spurs season now, I have to live for these games now. Then Crystal Palace, forgetting the teams with doubles left. I really like the Crystal Palace fixtures that are remaining. Away to Spurs this weekend feels like the perfect match for them to continue flexing their muscles as Palace's strengths should exploit most of Spurs' defensive vulnerabilities. Following that, they've got a home game against Bournemouth, then away to Fulham and another home game to Forest. Plenty of scoring opportunities, though ownership of their key names is at season high currently so you may find it hard to find them in your waiver piles, but as you'll recall from just a moment ago, um, the likes of Jordan Ayew and Elise were moved out in a number of leagues, so they could be available. Then for a one-week punt, I'm highlighting Nottingham Forest. They're at home to Southampton. They continue to stink out the place when they're away from home, and in terms of a statement win, this presents their last good opportunity for three points, uh, and they're in good enough goal-scoring form to make that happen against Southampton. The only flip side is that Southampton will be viewing this game through the similar lens. 
uh, as all their other remaining fixtures are against top half opponents. So if they lose this, they are pretty much 100% down. I'm pretty sure they're 99% down anyway. Um, but either way, definitely not a game to back a defender. And then finally, just at the other end of things, um, highlighting Aston Villa, could be the time to jump off the Villa players if you haven't already. Wolves will be looking to react at home after that embarrassing defeat to Brighton. They then have Tottenham, Liverpool and uh, Brighton, which could go either way as they battle those teams around them for European spots. So let's get into the main pick, starting with Nathan Aki for Manchester City, back from injury and back for his first goal of the season against West Ham. My mind on Aki has completely changed this season. He's one of the most improved players in the Premier League for me this year. That left-sided defensive position in the new City setup was made for his expertise and I'm reasonably sure he'll feature in at least three out of City's remaining five Premier League games. The only hiccup really is that they've got the double leg against Real Madrid still to play in the Champions League, um, which they'll obviously want their best 11 for. Uh, so depending on where he features in those games could just impact his minutes in the league. Into midfield, Morgan Gibbs-White, his ownership is hidden gem level in below average size leagues, which is crazy when you look at his output over the last few weeks. Now on four goals and nine assists for the season, which for a team in Forest's position makes him worthy of the price tag that they paid for him last summer. Their survival really falls on the shoulders of him and Brennan Johnson to get the goals needed for wins. Gibbs-White is creator-in-chief in this team and with Southampton at home and even then Chelsea away in the next two it doesn't get a huge amount better than that. Now, it pains me to see Spurs in the situation they're in uh, and the obvious inadequacies they've got in the squad uh, to then watch Christian Eriksen doing what he's doing for Man United. Now, when United start with both Eriksen and Casemiro, their win rate is well over 70% in all competitions, which is phenomenal, and Eriksen averages more than one big chance created every game. West Ham away and Wolves at home, and then a nice double of Bournemouth away, Chelsea at home in 37 makes United players hot property and if you can get Ericsson out of the waiver pile it's daylight robbery. Now up to 14th in the midfielder ranks overall in terms of points for the season is Granite Xhaka. Um, nicely added to with the three assists in their win over Chelsea in midweek. He's been a very steady provider of points this year and despite the way the large picture is shaping up for Arsenal's title challenge they still have very winnable games if everyone is firing. The only risk here is that the emotions spill over a bit and we see Xhaka that we're more used to seeing and he ends up with more cards than goal involvements. But out of most of their regular starters, he's the one most likely to be available to you. Now a string of strikers to mention, starting with Brendan Johnson for Forest. I don't need to say much more other than what I just said a minute ago about Morgan Gibbs-White, a big player to own over the next couple of weeks with the pressure mounting. Then is Jordan Ayew, who, as I said, lots of people were uh, moving out last week. Form doesn't really reflect his performances this season as a whole, but there's certainly been an uptick since Hodgson came back. Crystal Palace have some of the nicest remaining fixtures, and with a trip to the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium this weekend, there should be plenty of opportunities for an ageing Premier League workhorse like Jordan Ayew to get a tap-in or three. Next is Calvert-Lewin for Everton. A mad game between Leicester and Everton on Wednesday night and the first goal for Calvert-Lewin since game week 13. He was a fourth round pick on average last summer in the drafts and 34 FPL points from 34 game weeks is not a worthy return for the front man if you invested in him. Everton have a tough run in to accumulate the points they'll need to stay up. Though the points target is looking lower and lower with around 34 points potentially being enough to keep them in the Premier League. I'm mentioning him because I know others will be looking at him, but I'm not particularly warm on him going into this week. And then finally, to round off the main section is Mitrovic. 
He is due out of exile after this weekend, so if you want him in your team for game week 36, you're probably going to need to bag him now. You'll be buying a rested, angry Mitrovic with a point to prove against Southampton, Palace and then Man United, so would be a worthy addition to any struggling draft squad. Into hidden gems now, I'm just going to mention Steele again for Brighton. I did mention him on last week's pod, but if he is still there, then um, then pick him up just due to their number of fixtures. Um, Pedro Porro for Spurs, despite being new to the league, really epitomises the best and worst of THFC with shoddy defensive positioning at one end and then some really nice crosses at the other. I thought he got stronger as the game went on against Liverpool. I um, was actually quite annoyed he didn't complete the game as his replacement came on and fucked it up big time. Who knows which Spurs side you're getting, but one thing I can guarantee is goals. And with the general lack of creativity, his crosses could yield a couple more assists before the season is over. Lindelof is another one I mentioned last week and remains in the same position. Fixtures are too good to turn down when he's set to play all the remaining league games. He's on six points already this game week and there's still another match to play tonight away at Brighton for some extras. A new player to mention on the pod is Jakob Kiljor for Arsenal. Ownership virtually 0% around the league, so he could have been uh, a most hidden gem pick. But it remains to be seen whether this was just a brief look at him or if he'll continue to deputise for Saliba while he's out. Um, I would guess he does continue as holding is by no means one for the future and they can at least use the remaining games to get a good look at the Polish centre-back. Into some lower ownership strikers, um, Daka for Leicester with the injury news to... Um, draft FC favourite Iheanacho. Daka's role now looks more prominent. It seems that Dean Smith is going to squeeze every last ounce of Red Bull out of Jamie Vardy over the remaining game weeks, but depending on the system or injuries or fatigue, Daka will see his share of time on the pitch. Away at Fulham this weekend, it's one of their last good opportunities for points, so I expect him to at least get half an hour. And then finally is Taiwo Awani. Now when trawling the data, one of my favourites is non-penalty expected goal involvements per 90 so in English that's how many goals or assists a player would be expected to get if they played a full match not including penalties now for Forrest the man leading the way on that front even over the likes of Gibbs White and Johnson is Taiwo Awaniri we missed him for a stint through injury but I expect him to uh, continue to feature with Gibbs White and Johnson for a lot of the remaining minutes now as they look to maximize their best 11 ownership is generally very low and could be a good option if you're looking to cover head-to-head matchups who already own one of the two Forest Talisman. On to the most hidden gem pick, and uh, similar to the last one or two weeks, I've gone for two names to mention. The first is Theo Walcott for Southampton, um, obviously away to Forest. so if you're backing Southampton to get on the score sheet there, there's a good chance that he returns. And then on the other side is Curtis Jones for Liverpool at home to Brentford. I'd expect a positive result for Liverpool in that game. I expect Jones to start and he looked very lively in that first half against Spurs. Could be a good one to grab if you are in a 16-team league with very limited options. So that's it for this episode. A reminder that the waiver deadline is at the slightly unusual time of 1.30 Friday afternoon as there is no early kickoff on Saturday with everything kicking off uh, for the 3 o'clock Saturday games. The King then has to wrap up his coronation celebrations as soon as possible on Monday to catch the relegation battles as Leicester, Everton, Forest and Southampton uh, all play one after the other on Monday. Make sure you are following the podcast or subscribed on whichever platform you listen to so you don't miss out on any of the remaining episodes this season as they drop. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at draft underscore FC where you can keep up to date with all the comings and goings and also reach out 
in the DMs if you need to chat through anything. For those that haven't been and signed up at draftfc.co.uk yet, there are still plenty of reasons to do that before the season's out, not least for your global rank feature, which will let you see how your league stacks up against every other similar size league in the draft universe. Um, and I know a few of you have got your eyes on those um, looking to make your way up into the top of the charts before the season finishes. It also means if you sign up now, you won't miss out on any of the amazing new features that we've got coming in the summer and you'll be able to check those out as early as anyone. So best of luck ahead of game week 35, just a standard 10 week game week um, before a bit of fixture madness over the coming weeks. Best of luck in the waivers. May the 4th be with you and until next time, stay sure.